Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West. College football season is right around the corner. Welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Let's talk about what we see happening in the United States of America. Because if I were to walk out into the street and say the word federalism, a few of you may know what I'm talking about. But I would say 8 out of 10, okay, I'll be nice, 7 out of 10 would not know. And that is really disturbing because that shows just how little we are educating people in civics and, of course, understanding the three branches of government, the Constitution, the relationship between the federal government and the states. Because right now what is happening is that the progressive socialists left, and these are the tenets of socialism. Socialism is an economic model which leads toward a societal transformation. And that's what we continue to hear from this Biden administration. That's what we heard coming from Barack Obama back in 2008. Transformation. We're, we're fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Now we're hearing all this talk about transition, transition, transition. And see, this is what it is. We're transitioning away from the free market economic entrepreneurial system that has made America the envy of the world to a more centralized, controlled economy. And socialism as that economic model, well, it believes in wealth redistribution. It believes in nationalizing economic production. It believes in creating and, and expanding a welfare nanny state. It believes in social egalitarianism, which means everyone's equal. I call that the culture of the participation trophy. And that's where you get all this social justice talk and everything. But the final part of that is secular humanism. Because if you're to believe in the government and governmental control, you can't have any belief in this creator God. What's this whole thing about, you know, inalienable rights being endowed by a creator, the Judeo-Christian faith heritage God? Nah. See, God couldn't even get gender right. He, he wasn't smart enough to get male and female right. You can go out and choose whatever you want. God can't get the weather right. See, I'm here in Texas, and it's been hot. Three weeks, over 100-degree temps, no rain. But last year it was mild. I don't even think we got over 95 in some places, and we had a lot of rain. But God has nothing to do with winter, spring, summer, and fall, the real climate change. It's us. We control that. And see, the whole thing is that as the progressive socialist left continues to undermine the omnipotence and the omniscience of the creator God, then the question is, if he can't get male and female right, because you can choose that, if he can't get the weather right, because we do that, then how can he be the person that endows you with these inalienable rights, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. No, we 
government, little g, not God with a big G. We're the ones to do that. And see, our founding fathers created this thing called federalism, which really wanted us to understand that there were very few things that the federal government had jurisdiction, purview, roles and responsibilities to do. That's what's enshrined in the Constitution of the United States of America. In Article 1, Section 8, and I would advise you to read these things, it lists the basic 17, 18 items, jurisdictions, purview, roles, duties, responsibilities of the federal government, the legislative branch, because that's the most powerful branch. That's where laws are made. They start as bills. They're signed by the executive. And it lays out what they're responsible for. It lays out in Article 2 of the Constitution what the executive branch is responsible for. It lays out in Article 3, the shortest one, what the judicial branch is responsible for. That's federalism, that relationship. And then it says in the 10th Amendment, all of those powers not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states and to the people. It's so important. The 10th Amendment is the last amendment in the first 10 amendments of the Constitution which codify our Bill of Rights. But what we see happening in America, especially now with this centralized mindset of control of progressive socialism, Marxism, eventually communism, because that's what it moves toward, the societal transition, transformation, is that there are those that think everything should be done at the federal level. And you can see it playing out. You can see it playing out with our elections. This whole John Lewis Voting Rights Act thing, it had nothing to do with voting rights. It had everything to do with nationalizing elections under the control of the federal government. I'm thinking about it. They actually said in this piece of legislation coming out of this leftist legislative branch at the federal government level, the House of Representatives, was that you would not have to go to polling locations. We were just going to have these unsolicited mail-in ballots that would just be mailed out there and, and you just fill them out and, and put them in drop boxes or whatever. That didn't work out so well, and some states are coming to find that out. When, when you had people that had no business altering election law, governors, secretaries of state, judges, the only people that can change, amend, alter, make law is the legislative branch. But when we have people that don't want to follow that ideal of federalism, they don't want to follow the roles, duties, responsibilities, jurisdictions, and purviews that the Constitution lays out, they just discard it. And it becomes the quest for power by way of an ideological agenda. Again, the Voting Rights Act of John Lewis, it had nothing to do with making sure that we had good, free, and fair elections. Especially when all of a sudden this Voting Rights Act said there will be no more voter registration role review. See, that's a state-level responsibility. The federal government does not run elections. Elections are done at the state level, primarily at the county level. But yet the federal government, they want to usurp those rights, that responsibility. Look at education. 
I mean, how do we get the Department of Education? Because I've looked in Article 1, Section 8, and it ain't there. Well, the teachers' unions. Because back some time ago in the administration of Jimmy Carter, we had health, education, and welfare. That was an entity all to itself. Teachers' unions wanted their own department, government agency. They pushed Jimmy Carter to do it. And so health, education, and welfare got split out, and it became health and human services, housing and urban development, and Department of Education. Now we got the federal government in the business of housing. And that's what happened in the great mortgage meltdown, the financial meltdown and collapse of 2008, because Jimmy Carter came up with this thing, said everyone has a right to own a home. I didn't see that in the Constitution. I mean, we have the, the inalienable rights to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. It didn't say given to us happiness. So you're supposed to, federal government, make sure that we have the right type of policies that enable people to go out and earn a home, not for you to say you must give people a home. And look what happened. Mortgage-backed securities. All of those toxic mortgages that were out there got passed around, passed around, passed around. People that couldn't afford those mortgages and financial institutions that were forced to, all because it was about centralized control. It was all about an ideological agenda. Say with health and human services. I didn't see where it says that the federal government has any role, responsibility, jurisdiction, and purview when it comes to our health care. Now, if you want to change the Constitution, there's a process by which we amend the Constitution. If the, if the progressive socialist left, if they want to have these powers, then come up with a means by which you want to amend the Constitution. It's all laid out how you do it in the Constitution. But no, they just want to continue to absorb, usurp more of the rights, freedoms, and authorities of the states and the people under their control. And then, of course, the Department of Education. Look at what has happened in the United States of America. Look and trace what has happened with the standards of education in the United States of America since we had this centralized controlling agency called the Department of Education. Look at the budget and what it was initially when it was founded, and look at where that budget is now. And I don't see education getting better. As a matter of fact, it's gotten worse in the United States of America. To the point where now the federal government, the Biden administration, is threatening schools, threatening school lunch program financing, resourcing. If they don't teach all of this critical race theory and gender dysphoria stuff, I don't see that in the Constitution. As a matter of fact, there's a reason why we have school boards at the local level. Because those are the folks that are supposed to be determining what is being taught to our kids based upon their local areas. So that we're producing critical thinkers and productive members of the society. Instead of little people that's going to run around with maybe a little red book one day for what the government says they should be taught. Very dangerous thing. I mean, school choice. Look at how the teachers' unions, national level, 
and the people up there at the federal level, how they support them because they're giving them all the campaign cash. Look at the fight for school choice. That's why homeschooling is growing, folks, because people don't like the centralized control of education in the hands of the government and bureaucrats to include even at the state level. Got to get back to federalism. Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs court decision. It shows how ignorant some people are of the Constitution. The Supreme Court did not end abortion in the United States of America. They did not. You want to go out and murder an unborn baby by way of dismemberment, poisoning, there are places you can still do it. But see, the left is upset because they can't tell you to do it from on high. The Supreme Court ruled that this is a decision that goes back down to the states because there is nothing in the Constitution that talks about the, the, the right to privacy. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. It has nothing that, that talks about you being able to murder an unborn baby because whose life is more important? I mean, it says life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Life, born and unborn. But the left is even talking about neglecting children even after they're born. That's homicide. They want to murder unborn babies all the way up to the day before they're born. That's infanticide. But they want that controlled up there, just like the same thing with marriage. The entity that gra- you know, grants marriage licenses is at the state level. So why is the federal government I- even in there? And see, this is the whole thing. When the left cannot get their ideological agenda through the legislative process, because most people find the things that they support kind of abhorrent. They go to what is called court-stitution. Not constitution, but court-stitution. And they have made themselves believe that the whole Marbury versus Madison case, what, 1803, the whole judicial review thing, eh, it's established precedent, it's established law. No, it's not. Because if you go back and read the Constitution, if you understand federalism, the Supreme Court doesn't make law. They're supposed to interpret law. So how can they interpret something that's not law? They're not supposed to, y'all. Gosh, I wish people would just pick it up and read it. The Constitution is, is, is really not a big thing. You know, it's, it's so small, I can wedge it into my little breast pocket here. And I can pull it out. That's it. It's not a Tolstoy manual or literary project. That's it. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America right there. And that's why I carry it around wherever I go. That's why it's highlighted because you got to be ready when you're called to give an account. And if you're called to give an account and you understand what federalism really is, then you don't have a problem. But if you are not reading and understanding, then we're on the path of the fundamental transformation. We're on the path of this transition. See, this whole thing about the Green New Deal. Don't tell me about my thermostat in my house. It's my house. You go out there and figure out how we have the right type of multifaceted energy production. America was energy independent, and look at where we are now. And Pete Buttigieg, I don't want to drive an electric vehicle. That's my choice. 
And I don't want to put solar panels or a wind sail on my Jeep Rubicon Gladiator. I like exactly how it is with the manual six-speed transmission. But yet what they want to do is control your freedom of maneuver. Because if everyone has to go to these electric vehicles, and how interesting it was that the Secretary of Transportation in the United States of America like the fact that we're inflicting pain. That's what he said. Pain on the American people. So to force us into buying these electric vehicles, of which the infrastructure does not exist. We're already struggling with the electric grid. Even here in Texas, we're on our own grid. But it's all about controlling you because there's only so many places you can go. There's only a certain distance that you can drive an electric vehicle. Even Elon Musk here in Texas at Tesla was telling people in Texas to maybe not charge their vehicle between 2 and 8 p.m. I don't want anybody from on high telling me when I can put gas in my pump when we have all of these resources in the ground here. So the discussion is about us understanding that relationship between the federal government, the states, and the people. James Madison, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, they were forced to make sure we had a federal Bill of Rights because the other states had individual Bill of Rights and their state constitutions, and they would not ratify the Constitution of the United States of America until we had an individual Bill of Rights. That's what the first ten amendments are. And the last one, again, all of the powers not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states and to the people, which in simple language, if it don't say the federal government can do it, it ain't theirs to do. But if we fall and allow the centralized planning and execution of every aspect of our lives to come from on high. Then we go down the path. Cuba, Venezuela, Soviet Union, East Germany, Soviet bloc, China. I don't want to live like that. And I know that some of you people out there are saying, well, Cuba is really cool, it's really nice. When was the last time you saw anybody try to swim or get on a raft from Florida to go to Cuba? Now, you rich socialist elites or others, if you want to go there and hang out, knock yourselves out. I ain't because I like it right here in the good old USA, USA, where the system of federalism has to be restored. And that's exactly what our guests have been talking about. And what I am so encouraged by are the young men that are seeing and other young people are seeing that we need to restore federalism. Because what constitutional conservatism is, is classical liberalism. Not this postmodern liberalism, not this perversion that the left is enacting upon us. Classical liberalism is about your individual rights, freedoms, and liberties. We don't need to transition away from that. We don't need to be transformed away from that. 
We just need to stick to it. I pray that you enjoyed this dialogue, this monologue. And I hope you will enjoy the shows for the rest of this week. God bless you all. Step fast and walk. Before they burn it down.